Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend... MetLife Stadium for you guys. Now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com, recording today from the Vivid Seat Studio, where we're reminding you that if you use promo code OVERTIME, you get $100 off in their mobile app for your first-time ticket purchase. So take advantage of that benefit Get yourself a nice little discount. Uh, Today is part seven of our 10-part 2019 New York Jets season preview, uh, where we are looking at the 10 biggest questions that are going to determine whether or not they will finally break their playoff drought. If you missed the first six episodes, they are all available on this feed. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It's also available on Google Play, Spotify, and turnonthejets.com. And will be shared out through my Twitter, at Jay Caparoso. We also have coverage of all the roster transactions going on at TurnOnTheJets.com. Part 1, focused on Sam Darnold. Part 2, Le'Veon Bell. Part 3, C.J. Mosley. Part 4, Robbie Anderson. Part 5, the offensive line. And yesterday, focused on filling in for Chris Herndon and Avery Williamson. Today, we're going to talk about Leonard Williams and if he will do enough to get a second contract from the team as his rookie deal is about to expire. Like all other episodes in this series, we'll go for about 20 minutes, and then we will be back tomorrow uh, with episode 8, and then only two more after that, and then we will have a preview episode for Jet Bills on this feed as well. So 11 straight days on the TOJ feed, all-time record. Um, All right, let's talk Leonard Williams. So Leonard Williams' first pick of the Mike McCagnan era Sixth overall in 2015, uh, coming up to a season where the Jets are going to have to decide whether to invest in him long term and what that number looks like. Um, Since the Jets have drafted Williams in recent years, they doubled down on paying Henry Anderson and bringing him back as a free agent this offseason. They also used the third overall pick on Quentin Williams, who plays the same position as Leonard Williams. Through Leonard Williams' four years, his top-line production has been as follows. Sacks, 3, 7, 2, and 5 for 17 total in his career. Quarterback hits 21, 19, 25, and 20. Uh, Tackles have 63, 68, 47, and 42. And his tackles for a loss, 7, 11, 3, 
and 11. So we have a pretty good idea of what kind of top-line production we're going to get from Williams. He's going to be someone who gets about four or five sacks a season, is right around 20 quarterback hits, and is going to be right around eight or nine tackles for a loss. A lot of the discussion around Williams is, has his production been down a little bit because he's double-teamed so much? Now, the reality is is that last year, Henry Anderson was actually double-teamed more than Leonard Williams and finished with more sacks than Leonard Williams and actually led the team in sacks, and I would say was more productive and consistent week over week than Williams was. In 2015, Leonard Williams played alongside Muhammad Wilkerson before he got his big contract, which of course did not work out well for the Jets, and Sheldon Richardson. Last year, he got to play alongside Anderson. 2016 and 2017, the talent around him was not quite there, although this year, it certainly should not be a concern with Anderson back, Steve McClendon still there as a nose tackle, and Quentin Williams now in the mix as the third overall pick. So, unlikely to see Leonard Williams double-teamed at an abnormally high rate or in the top five or six for interior defensive linemen in the NFL. Now, Williams when he was taken sixth overall in 2015, was widely considered to be the best player in that draft class. Uh, I would say, with that expectation and with being the sixth overall pick in the draft, through four seasons, he has been a mild disappointment. I would not call him a bust. I would not call him a disaster. I would say he's been a good player who's never really proven to be great consistently. And despite having a few patches of production, is a little inconsistent week to week and disappears for too big of stretches at a time. I do think it's fair to expect of a guy you take sixth overall to have him break through and be an all-pro consideration at least one year. Williams has not really gotten to that threshold yet. Never been an all-pro player. Was a pro bowler once, but as a third alternate was not someone who was sort of a slam dunk off the top. And I would argue that the best year we saw from him was 2016, and he's taken a minor step back the past two years and not really shown that he's getting better year over year. If anything, it's kind of been flat or a minor step back since 2016. So I think that is where some of the disappointment and frustration comes from. And the question for the Jets is, in a contract year, with Anderson next to him, with Quentin next to him, What level can he get up to, and is that level going to be enough to merit a big investment in an interior defensive lineman? One of the problems that we've talked about with the Jets' defense and their roster construction in recent years is how much money they've put into interior positions or how many resources. So you used two top six picks on interior defensive linemen. You gave $85 million to C.J. Mosley at inside linebacker. You used another top six pick on Jamal Adams, who, unlike Leonard Williams, has already hit that all-pro threshold and really lived up to the expectations that came with where he was selected. The thing is, if you're going to put that much money into C.J. Mosley and then double down and put that much money into Leonard Williams, and then in a couple of years from now, obviously have to put that much into Jamal Adams, does it leave you enough flexibility to invest in edge rusher, where the Jets are still incredibly thin, And cornerback, where the Jets are ridiculously thin and need to basically overhaul the entire position because the one big spend they put there in Jermaine Johnson has not worked out to date. So 
as the Jets are digging out of the problems with that, if they put a second contract into Leonard Williams, is that going to hamstring the flexibility they have to rebuild cornerback next year and add more talent at edge rusher? Never mind the changes and tweaks that they're going to want to make on the offensive side of the ball, which is going to start with the offensive line, where they're going to have at least three starters hit the market next year and need to either bring them back or replace them. So they're going to have to throw some money around there. You know you you have Quentin Williams. I would say better prospect or more highly regarded prospect coming out than Leonard Williams. If Quentin Williams shows he can live up to those expectations and is legitimately in discussion for Defensive Player of the Year or wins it, do you look at Quentin Williams next to Henry Anderson, who you have under contract for the next couple years, and the other pieces that you have rotating through and say, you know what, we have enough on the defensive line. We're going to allocate the $70, $80, 90000000 million we were going to put towards Leonard Williams, and instead we're going to work on building out our cornerback depth, maybe taking a swing on an edge rusher, or look to further invest it in our offensive line or weapons around Sam Darnold. Now, if Leonard Williams reaches a certain threshold, maybe then that you decide that you know he's too good of a talent to walk away. Still a young player, still only in his mid-20s, was young when he was drafted. Can Leonard Williams show enough playing alongside Quentin Williams and Henry Anderson and take that big jump and become sort of a borderline all-pro player uh, slam dunk pro bowl type player where there's just too much talent and the Jets can't let him walk and they'll have to find other ways to ultimately build uh, their roster that don't involve taking money away from him. So one of the things with Leonard Williams is that the lack of sack production is of course frustrating. Sacks are game-changing plays. They help lead to forcing turnovers. You know, as an interior defensive lineman, that's where Williams could really make sort of that big impact. You know, from a turnover standpoint, he forced two fumbles in 2016. Those are the only two for his career. Uh, did grab one interception very randomly in 2017 and has, has defensed or batted down three passes in his career over four seasons. So he is certainly someone who has been in the vicinity of the quarterback pretty frequently and has had a high pressure rate comparatively to a lot of defensive linemen but he has not been able to convert a lot when it comes to sacks. And I would even say his sack number has been a little kind of misleading because some of his sacks that he's grabbed have been in late-season garbage-time games, of which the Jets have had a lot the past few years, unfortunately. Uh, games where they're losing to New England by 25 uh, you know, in the second half and you know he grabs a sack or something like that. Not a ton of memorable game-changing plays over his past four years. And as we've said, can kind of disappear for stretches at a time. Does not mean he's a bad football player. Does not mean he's not one of the better interior defensive linemen in the NFL. And at times, has arguably been one of the best over certain stretches of his career. I just would say the consistency has not been there enough yet. I don't think he is somebody who every single week He is making a massive impact in terms of flustering the quarterback, shutting down the running game, and being all over the field as someone who's making game-changing plays. We have not seen that from him yet. He has not been that Fletcher Cox-type player. 
He hasn't been sort of what a guy like Gerald McCoy was really in his prime. Of course, he's not Aaron Donald. No one's Aaron Donald or expecting Leonard Williams to be that. But can he start converting more and breaking through and making a couple big plays, particularly when he has a better supporting cast around him? So I don't think this has to you know, filter to the extremes. I think saying Leonard Williams is a bust or a bad football player is inaccurate. I think saying that he has met expectations and has been one of the best defensive players in the league over the past few years is also inaccurate. The answer, as usual, kind of lies somewhere in the middle. I personally would say, from someone who's watched every single snap of Leonard Williams' career multiple times, he's been a mild disappointment. He, you know, at his absolute best, has he been better than what Sheldon Richardson was at his absolute best for the Jets? I don't think so. I think what we saw from Richardson in you know, 2013 and 2014 was really better than what we've seen at any point from Leonard Williams. I think Muhammad Wilkerson at his absolute best right before he got paid was better than anything we've seen from Leonard Williams to date. So, you know, he's kind of been in the vicinity of what the Jets have gotten from those guys. And the Jets have, of course, invested, invested, and over-invested in interior defensive linemen, you know, with the four first-round picks they've now utilized in the position. And the question is, you know, Leonard Williams also can be very good at his job, but is being very good at his job at his particular position just not as valuable as a cornerback, pass rusher, or offensive lineman being good to very good at their job because that position is more premium, more valuable, more more hard to fill. And these are all things that Joe Douglas is going to have to answer when he's deciding how he wants to allocate resources on his roster. Joe Douglas did not draft Leonard Williams. There's going to be a lot of turnover of Mike McCagnan picks. It does not mean that This new regime does not like Leonard Williams and doesn't view him as a foundational piece going forward, but you could only spend so much money in certain places, and a lot of money was just given to Henry Anderson comparatively for what he plays. You're going to have to invest in Jamal Adams in a few years. C.J. Mosley just got a massive contract. You're going to have to find a way to work around your financial commitments to Tremaine Johnson and Avery Williams next year, Avery Williamson next year, that they're still on the books for. And you're going to have some hard questions to answer on the offensive line. So Williams could go out and have the same year he had last year, which is, you know, good. It's a good year. And the Jets still may determine that investing a big long-term contract in him and in the position he plays is not the wisest way to build around Sam Darnold in the remaining three years of his rookie contract. They may say, we need to free up more money to put into the offensive line, to put into cornerback over these last three years to most effectively maximize our window on Darnold's rookie contract. And that plays equally into the position that Leonard Williams plays as to the type of level player that he is. So that his position will come into the fact, into factoring how much you're going to pay him long term. I'm sure the Jets, even if it's a different regime, They have the memory of what happened when they paid Muhammad Wilkerson. And that's not saying that Leonard Williams is wired the same way or is going to fall off completely like Wilkerson did. But they might look and say, you know what? With Henry Anderson, with Quinnen Williams, and maybe you get a surprisingly good year from uh, one of the other defensive linemen on their team. And they say, you know what? We have enough to win at interior defensive linemen. We're going to take these resources and allocate them elsewhere and move forward. Uh, you know, I don't think 
the right opportunity ever really came up for the Jets to trade Leonard Williams this year. And I don't think he was someone who was actively, you know, on the trade block. But when it comes down to how much are you going to commit to him long term, I could absolutely see the Jets deciding to allocate resources in a different direction because of the position that he plays and because maybe they feel really good about what they see from Quentin Williams this year and he ends up being a defensive rookie of the year and Henry Anderson proves that last season wasn't an outlier and the Jets are able to kind of build and evolve off that and put the money elsewhere. So, you know, with Leonard Williams, I think in summary it basically comes down to we've gotten a guy who's been a good player for the team for the past four years. Has he been an elite player year over year? Has he lived up to some of the pre-draft expectations in a way that a Jamal Adams has? I wouldn't say so. And I think all eyes are going to be on him this year, and maybe he breaks through with a massive season and a contract year. Gets eight, nine sacks, increases his pressure rate, increases his tackles for a loss, and the Jets have one of the most dominant defensive uh, run defenses in the NFL, and he just looks too indispensable for them to move on. It's not out of the question, particularly with the supporting cast around him in the front seven, with Quentin Williams, with C.J. Mosley, uh, with Jamal Adams playing up in the box. It's not out of the question for that to happen. But I would say at best it's 50-50 whether the Jets are going to go invest some three, four, five year massive contract around, around Leonard Williams. So it's going to be interesting to see where does his 2019 rank? Does it go? Be- is it clearly the best season that he's ever had? Or is he more flatlining to the kind of seasons he's had the past two years, which have been a little up and down, good seasons, not all pro seasons, not pro bowl seasons, but good. And if he stays at that level, are the Jets going to determine that it's worth investing a massive amount of money in the interior of their defense going forward? Or do they want to even out how the money is spread uh, throughout the roster and potentially look at maybe adding more speed to the second and third level of their defense going forward for the remaining three, de- three years on Sam Darnold's rookie contract.